interrupt walking down the street saying the same thing over and over again. Well, she's as goofy as they come, I tell you. Listen to her yourself. Revenge, 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 revenge. Yeah, listen to her, Captain. Over and over again. Such a young and pretty girl. What could have driven her out of her mind like that, I ask you? Revenge, 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 I'm looking for a Mr. Henry Stewart, if you please. Oh, oh, you mean about the advertisement? Yes, that's right. I got here as soon as I could. That's all right, that's all right. As long as you got here, that's all that matters. Come in, come in. Oh, thank you. Uh, just uh, put your suitcase down there. It'll be all right. Thank you. Huh. Now, if you come out this way. Thank you. Just step in here, Miss... Uh... Malone. Ella Malone. Oh, yes, of course. Miss Malone. Now then, you'll have a chair, please. Oh, thank you. Ah, there we are. Now then, Miss Malone, uh, to be perfectly frank with you, I wasn't quite expecting you today. Oh, I'm truly sorry, Mr. Stewart. But you see, I, I took the wrong train and I... Well, I had the hardest time finding the house. <laughs> I do hope you'll forgive oh, of me. Of course, of course. Don't give it another thought. Promptness may be a virtue, but we all can't be virtuous, now can we? <laughs> now then, uh, you'll share in answer to my advertisement. Yes, sir, you wrote. Oh, yes, yes, of course. You're the young lady from... Uh... Uh, from Queensville. Oh, yes, Queensville. Uh, you uh, have my letter with you? Oh, yes, sir. Right here, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now then, uh, your friends know you came here, of course. There's no one very much interested, Mr. Stewart. Oh, 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 come now. A pretty young girl like you, no young bows, and so on, so on. No, sir, there's no one. I mean, sir, you can depend on me to give all my attention to my work. Very commendable, very commendable indeed. My work, as I wrote you, is entirely confidential. My philanthropies are, to a great extent, entirely sub -rosa. No fuss, no feathers. You understand what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. As my secretary, my affairs will be entirely in your hands. My checking account, my finances, and so on, so on. Entirely in your care. I understand, sir. It's uh, quite a responsibility, and uh, you're quite a young woman. And as I wrote you, the bank... Oh, oh yes, sir, I understand. Uh, the bond, I bought the money for it. Three hundred dollars. I've got it right here, sir. Oh, fine, fine. That's very businesslike, yes, indeed. Uh, I'll give you a receipt, and there we'll be. Uh, Mr. Stewart. Yes? Oh, my pen. Oh, oh yes, here we are. Uh, my money. Uh, will I get it back from the bank any time I leave your employ... I mean, when you want me to? Hmm? Oh, uh, yes, of course, of course. Uh, now then, here we are. Received of Miss Nellie Malone. Ella. Oh, yes, of course, Ella. Memory isn't quite what it used to be. <laughs> That's why I need a good secretary. I'm very good at remembering things. Oh, you are, you are. Now then, uh, here we are. Get this receipt in good order. Received of Miss Ella Malone. $300 to be deposited with the Merchants Bank as surety bond. And to be returned to said Ella Malone upon request. There's my signature. How then, how's that? I'm sure that'll do very well, sir. <laughs> now, uh, then... Uh, you have got my receipt, but I... Uh... Oh, oh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Of oh, course, I have it right here. I am sorry. Oh, well, I understand. The excitement of your trip. Yeah, it is, Mr. Stewart. You see, I had it already in an envelope. Now, if you're open... Oh, no, no, not at all, not at all. Ben can do that when I send it to them in the morning. Now, uh, just put your purse down there, and I'll show you through your new home. Yes, Mr. Stewart. Now, we'll go right up these stairs. Yes, Oh, yes, you find I have quite a place here. Three stories high, and every inch of it my own design. Rather dark. Oh, oh careful now, careful. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> Mustn't hurt yourself. Hardly the way to start a new job. Now, yeah. <laughs> uh, now then, here we are. Got a nice room for you, very nice. Fact of the matter is, you can choose any room on this floor. But, Mr. Stewart, your daughter's... Daughter's? 
Yes, won't they object? You said Anne. Oh, yes, yes, my daughters. I did write you about them, didn't I? Yes, you did. Uh, well, never mind about them. They're upstairs studying. <laughs> now, right here. I suggest that you take this room, at least for the night. Whatever you say, Mr. Stewart. There's a light on here. Huh? Nice, isn't it? I, I've never had such a large room. If you've got one a little smaller... On the contrary, my dear Miss Malone, you'll find this one small enough. Perhaps a little too small. <laughs> yes, indeed. Entirely too small. But, Mr. Stewart... Locking the door. M- Mr. Stewart, why did you... Mr. Stewart, why did you lock the door? Mr. Stewart! Mr. Stewart, why did you shut me in here? Mr. Stewart, please. Please answer me. Mr. Stewart, please let me out of here. Yes, yes, Miss Knoll. There's no doubt in my mind at all that you're the very person I want to employ as my housekeeper. I'm very glad to hear that, Mr. Stewart. Of course, the matter of being housekeeper of a place as large as mine calls for definite qualities, you understand, of course. I'll do my best, sir. Well, one certainly can't ask for more than that, no, indeed. Your wife, maybe she'd like to talk to me? My wife? Oh, yes, of course. I wrote you about my wife, didn't I? Yes, sir. Uh, well, my wife is out shopping. As soon as she returns, you will meet her. I'm sure she'll find your recommendations as satisfactory as I did. Makes me very happy. I've always wanted to work in a fine house. Uh, now, uh, about money. Oh, any salary you want to pay me, Mr. Stewart, it's, it's all right. I just want a chance to show you how good I can do your work. Very commendable, yes, indeed. Very commendable. But uh, we must agree on a salary. I'm the sort of man who has respect for money and expects a similar respect in others. Oh, yes, and speaking of money, you'll be wanting to open a new bank account, I suppose. Bank account? Yes, it's my principle that everyone employed by me should have a savings account. Bill's character. I'll open an account for you in the morning. You can transfer any of the bank accounts you have back in your hometown up to my bank. Convenience, you know. Oh, no, sir. I haven't got that. Hmm? I haven't any money in the bank back home. I, I took it all out. Oh, oh. Wasn't much anywhere. What was left of father's insurance money after my mother died. Oh, yes, yes. Um, well, now then, supposing we leave all your things here and uh, we'll go look over the house, hmm? That would be very nice. Yeah, uh, right through this door. I'd be glad to be working in such a big house. Right this way. Oh, yes, yes, quite an establishment here. Designed it all myself. I work hard, Mr. Stewart. Oh, yes, yes, I'm certain you will. Now then, I've done these stairs. I'll uh, show you everything downstairs first. You have a washing machine? Huh? Oh, yes, 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 everything modern, everything convenient. High, wide basement. There you are. Now, watch yourself. It's uh, just a little dark down here this time of day. Oh, it is a big basement, all right. Could hang up plenty of washing down here. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Now, if you'll just come this way. You, you building something down here? Building? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Always building, always changing, always remodeling. Change, 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 change. My hobby, always changing things. Hard to keep clean. Now, now, don't you worry about that. Everything will be cleaned up in short order. The bags of sand and concrete, concrete mixer, everything will be out of the way. It won't bother you at all. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, this way. You're, you're making more room? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. With nice, clean, concrete floors. Yeah. Look at this one. Kind of dark. Oh, come on, come on. Get closer. All my own work. You see, the floor is still wet. <laughs> I like concrete, don't you? Yes, it is clean. Yes. Covers everything. You know how deep that concrete is? Three feet deep. Yes, ma'am. Three feet deep. And I just poured it an hour before you honored me with your presence. Three feet. That'll make a mighty thick slab of stone, won't it, Miss Nord? Thick enough to cover you. <laughs> ah. Yes, indeed. A fist to the point of the jaw still a most effective soporific. Well, you're quite a light woman, my dear Miss Nord. Up you go, and in you go. Face down. What an unusual bed you lie in, Miss Nord. Sinking down and down and down. And the concrete will harden. And I, 
Ah, I guess I will have to get myself a new housekeeper. Ladies and gentlemen, let's lean back now and relax for a moment. Let's take time out from tonight's amazing lights out story. The story of the strange, mysterious mansion and the one woman who entered those doors and was never seen alive again. Let's turn during this brief intermission to a much more everyday situation and a question that's much easier to answer. An angry girl is storming out of her friend's house. And her friend says, What can be wrong with Lucy these days? She crosses a bear and she's losing so much weight she looks terrible. She's just no fun anymore. Well, you know what that well-known nutrition authority says about how improper eating due to wartime living may cause a person to become deficient in vitamin B1 and iron and how you absolutely need enough of them to keep your right weight and energy. Well, I come to think of it. That was Ruth's trouble when she got so run down. So she took ionized yeast tablets. And you know how grand she looks and feels again now. Yes, friends. Any number of people who, due to vitamin B1 and iron shortage, were losing weight, losing strength and energy and interest in life, tell how ironized yeast tablets help them regain glorious pep and strength and needed pounds. So if you're short vitamin B1 and iron, don't wait. Go to your druggist this very night and say, A bottle of ironized yeast tablets, please. And now back to our Lights Out story of... Murder Castle. Hello? Hello? Hello, is this the employment agency? This is Mr. Stewart. Mr. Henry Stewart. I'm interested in employing a nurse for my child. Oh, uh, someone preferably unattached who can live here with my wife and myself? No, 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 just send me their names, addresses, and references, and so on. I'll, I'll send you a check for the services. My address is 424 East 7th. Yes, that's right, just their names and addresses. Yes, yes, I'll send you a check. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, yes, yes, I'll be there, I'll be there. Okay. Yes, yes, what is it? Is, is Mr. Stewart in? Oh, yes, 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 indeed. Won't you come in? I'm Mr. Stewart. Thank you. Uh, you're answering in regard to, uh... Oh, your position. You wrote me a letter. Oh, yes, 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 indeed. Uh, won't you step in here, please? Thank you. Now, you sit there, I'll sit here. We'll get better acquainted. Put your suitcase down there in the place, so... Now then, I'm afraid I didn't quite get your name. Ray. Betty Ray. You wrote me. Oh, yes, of course. I remember you distinctly. Uh, now then, you have my letter to you just to sort of refresh my memory on the circumstances, don't you know? Oh. Well, I'm sorry. Eh? I didn't bring it with me. Oh. Well, then, suppose you tell me a little more about yourself uh, and all that's happened. But then father see you off the train, I suppose. Oh, no, sir. It's, it's the way I wrote you, Mr. Stewart. I... I'm quite alone. Oh, yes. Well, but, uh, first there's the matter of the surety bond. I wrote you about that, didn't I? Yes. Yes, you did. Ah, yes, I felt quite certain of that. Mr. Stewart, I was wondering... Yes? Have you had many secretaries? Why do you ask that? I want to know. Why do you ask that question? What happens to them after you hire them? Tell me, what happens to them? Young woman, just who are you? My name is Betty Malone. Malone. Betty Malone. My sister Ella came here a month ago about a job. And I want to know where she is. Do you hear me? I want to know where she is. I, I don't think I quite know what you're talking about. Why do you lie to me? Why do you lie to me? She was here. She was. Oh, then what makes you so sure? A letter you wrote her. The first one. I waited a whole month and then I came here. And as soon as I saw you, I thought something was wrong. And now I know there is. My sister Ella, where is she? You've got to tell me. What if I tell you again that I... Don't know what you're talking about. I I'll go to the police. They'll make you tell the truth. I know she came here. I know she did. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Why? Because you're being a very foolish young lady. Very foolish indeed. There's no need to get excited. <laughs> of course your sister's here. And very happy too. She... She's here? Yes, yes. And very happy too. So then take me to her. 
Please take me to her. All right, all right. No need to get excited. Of course, I'll take you to her. I intended to all along. I was just having a little joke with you. Is she all right? Is she all right? Of course, of course. Now then, come right along with me. Come right along with me. Yes, yes, she's right up here. Been with me for over a month. Why didn't she write? Why didn't she tell me? Well, I down this hall, and you can ask her that for yourself. This, this isn't a trick, is it? My dear young lady, you have easily the most suspicious mind of anyone I've ever met. Why, I'm quite a helpless old man, and you always have recourse, as you put it, to the police. Here we are, right in this room. Well, go right in. All right. It's locked. Well, knock on the door and she'll open it for you. Ella? Ella, it's Betty. Let me in, darling. It's Betty. What well, do you know? Must be sleeping. Ella, please. It's Betty. Your sister Betty. Well, now, she certainly is a tight sleeper. But she can't be sleeping. Open the door. Please open the door. All right, all right. No reason to get excited. Well, quickly, open the door. Quickly. Oh, now, don't excite yourself needlessly. Well, I'm going to have you open the door. It's Betty. Hello, what? Now then, my dear Betty, we understand each other clearly, don't we? Bella. Dead. Nothing like a complete understanding now, is there? Bella. Dead. Oh, it wasn't so difficult. I shut the door, sealed it, and... Nature took care of the rest. Ella. Dead. She died quite easily. Much easier than others. Why? You mean, why do I do it? It's a very simple explanation, young woman. This is my business. Yes, yes, my business. Some men make their fortunes in stocks, some bonds, some in business. And this is my business. Why? 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 Why is any business conducted? Profit, my dear. And I've made quite a neat little profit. Oh, yes. And a very safe one, too. Yes, and you're the very first to come wandering about looking for one of my uh, customers. The first. And I assure you, the last. Oh, yes, 30 women have come in my front door. 31, including you and Ella. Uh, Come on along. I'll tell you all about them. You'll find it most instructive. Yes, indeed. Now, come. Don't hold my arm. But I must. These corridors, they twist and turn. Oh, yes, it's best I hold your arm. Get lost easily around this house. <laughs> my most interesting house. Where are you taking me? Yes, there were 30 before you. Most interesting array. I used to read the want ads in small town papers, and then I'd write letters. Oh, most interesting letters. I needed a secretary, a housekeeper, a nurse, excellent salary, unusual accommodation. Oh, how I knew this had happened. Indeed. And they brought all their worldly belongings with them, generally in a suitcase. Little here, little there. Oh, why should it be most profitable? Now, in this room, for example... No, no, don't open that door. No, perhaps it would be better not to. The one in here came to be my housekeeper. Oh, let me see. How long ago was it? Oh, well, no matter. She came as a housekeeper, and after she went into a uh, retirement in that room, I found in her suitcase such interesting bonds. Why, I tell you, my eyes fairly popped right in my head. Oh, yes. It's the uncertainty that makes my little business so very fascinating. Now, let's go down a little way now, down here. Don't make me pull you along. You're 30 women. It's not difficult. Most women are such fools, anxious to believe what they want to believe. You're here for life and you gave them death. Ah, you're the smart one. That's why I'm even bothering showing you my work. I never did the others. And showing you around won't do harm. You won't be talking long. 30 women died. Now, in this room. Well, let me open it and show you. No. No, don't make me look. No, please don't. No. See, there's no reason for excitement, just an empty room. Uh, that's what she thought when she went in here. Then I pressed this button, so. <laughs> and the floor flopped open as she stood on it, and down she went. Down, down, down. Guess into what? A pit of lime. Oh, oh yes, I tried out so many different ways of killing them. You wonder why they'll never find me out? Well, I'll tell you Why? Because I'm much too smart for all of them. Oh, not perfect crimes. No, nothing infantile, but just cleverness in choosing the women I do my business with and an equal cleverness in doing away with them. Yes, indeed. Now then, what was I telling you? Oh, no, yes, yes, yes. Why, they'll never get me. I was seeing you at Dundee in my head. No, Corpus Delecti. 
And if there is one, no evidence of violence. Ah, there, that's the secret. Were you very frightened, sister? Pearl of quicklime, there's no corpus delecti for that, I can tell you. <laughs> Not when you bury them in a slab of concrete. Ah, that's the secret. I could only have been with you, little sister. Now, this room, let me show it to you. I, I think this will be your room, my dear. Oh, frightened. See the door? Airtight, airtight, yes, indeed. I'll open it. <laughs> the room. Amazing sight, isn't it? No doors, no windows. I could have helped you, Ella. Now, I'll shut you up inside the room, then I'll close the door and press this button here like this. You hear that, little one? You hear that? Pumping, pumping, pumping. And guess what is pumping? Go right out of my head. Air. You hear me? Pumping the air out of the room. Yes, that's clever, isn't it? You breathe, and soon there'll be nothing there to breathe, and then you'll die. And if the police do find your body, no mark of violence, nothing but asphyxiation. A most mysterious death, they'll say. In time, they'll decide it's all quite natural, embolism, heart attack. Oh, they'll think up a fancy name to clear their files. Yes, indeed, they always do. It isn't right for him to live with them. Now, first, off with the pump. Now, my dear, I think you'd better step inside quickly now so I can close the door and go about my other work. Quickly, I tell you. No, wait. Wait, wait for what? I want to give you something. What? You give me that doesn't belong to me already. This. Gun. Get in there. Get in that room. Gun. You had a gun in your purse all the time. My father. I got it for the man who... Get in there. No, 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 no. What are you going to... Get in there. I'll press the trigger. Get in there. I'll kill you. No, no, don't. Get in. No, don't. I'm an old harmless man. I was only fooling. I wouldn't hurt you for the world. Get in. Strike to revenge, isn't it, Ella? He said to press this button, Ella. The pump. It's running, Ella. Listen to it. It's killing him the way he killed you. It's right to revenge, isn't it, little sister? Fight to revenge. 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 That motor out there. You hear me? Shut off that motor. Pumping out the air. Pumping it out. The pipe. The air going out. I can't reach the pipe. Shut it off, you devil out there. Shut it off. It'll kill me. Kill me. Hurts getting sit already. Shut it off. I'll give you anything, anything you want. Shut off that pump. I can't die. I won't die. I tear the walls down. Let me out of here. Air. It's got the web here. Let me out. Let me out. Well, my ear. And the ear. Comes breaking. Blood in my mouth. My eyes. Air. Bleeding. Air. Give me air. Breath of air. Air. Revenge. 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 Yes, listen to her, Captain. Revenge. Over and over again. Revenge. Such a young and pretty girl. Revenge. What could have driven her out of her mind, crazy like that? What, I ask you? Well, Mr. Obler, and I suppose they all died happily ever after. You um, put things so sweetly, Mr. Martin. The dark corners of the human mind are the deepest dark, I believe, of anything in the universe. You are listening to Horror Radio X, 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 X. Man lives in a world of time and space. He lives in a spectrum of the universe. When he ventures Forces are brought into play. 
man tampers with the powers beyond his reach, he is often destroyed. This is Macabre. The Far East Network presents, in special performance, Macabre. Tonight's story, The Edge of Evil. As I came closer, Carla turned up against the storm. I saw the house in more detail. It was a house out of the past. Towers, turrets, bay windows. Gingerbread scroll worked like rickrack on a spinster's bodice. A white flash of lightning revealed everything in a frozen moment. There was a tower near the house. A round tower, perhaps three stories high. I had no idea what it was. I had never seen anything quite like it in the New England countryside. I reached the front door. There was no bell. There was a huge brass knocker. No answer. I was disappointed. I'd assumed from Lucy's letter that she'd be home when I arrived. And I didn't like the idea of walking back to the station in this thunderstorm. I knocked again. The door opened slowly. A creature stood before me. It was difficult to think of him as a man. He was twisted, ugly, distorted. His eyes were bright, and they fastened themselves upon me like sharp pins. Yes. I, I'm Jerry Mayer. You're not Professor Narvik, are you? No. Isn't it obvious? Is the professor here? Is, is Mrs. Narvik here? Come in. I don't know whether the professor expects me. You see, it was Mrs. Narvik who asked me to come. Yes. The clerical collar you're wearing. A minister. You would be Lucy's friend. She's not here now. Professor Narvik took her out tonight. <laughs> I think he means to prove something to her. You'll forgive me. I'm at a loss here. I don't think Lucy mentioned you in her letter. No, she would not. I'm Chester. Come, let me take you into the living room. Here you are, Reverend. Brandy. Or are you going to pretend it's wicked and sinful? I'd say on a night like this, it's very sensible. Ah. Now, when do you suppose Lucy, uh, Mrs. Novick, will be back? I think you better wait, Mr. Mayor, till the professor comes home. I think he will answer your questions. Now, if you'll excuse me. I have work to do out in the tower. I saw the tower out there. What's it for? An old shot tower. They used to make musket balls by dropping pellets of hot lead from the top into tubs of water. Today, well, let's say today, we still use it for a scientific purpose. Good night, Mr. Mayor. As I sat there in that huge old-fashioned living room, I suddenly became aware of some strange presence. What I felt was almost impossible to describe. Not sound, not sight, not touch. It was feeling, pure inner feeling. There was something evil in this room. I wanted to rise. I couldn't. I wanted to scream. My throat was paralyzed. The room began to spin. An evil force swirling tornado-like all about me. The edge of blackness. The edge of I opened my eyes. I was in the same chair. I don't know how long the blackness had been all about me. A dim face swam in front of my eyes. And suddenly, it took form. Jerry. Jerry Mayer. Oh, Jerry, I'm so glad to see you. Even if I did find you fast asleep. Hmm? Oh. oh, yes, asleep. I, I must have dozed off. I'm sorry, Lucy. Nonsense, Jerry. Don't apologize. You're here. That's all that counts. Yes, I guess I am. But I expected to find you when I came in. I know, Jerry. I should have been here. Richard insisted I go with him to a lecture. It was very dull. Where is Richard, uh, Dr. Nordick? Oh, he'll be here in a moment. He wanted to see Chester out in the tower. You said you were in trouble, Lucy. What kind of trouble? Could we... Could we wait till tomorrow? 
If you like. I'll run upstairs now and freshen up. Make yourself at home, Jerry. I'll try to. There was something wrong here. Something wrong with the house. Something wrong with Lucy. As I took a few aimless steps in that old living room, a figure suddenly appeared in the door. A tall man of 45 or so, lean, dark, saturnine. I needed no introduction to know that this was Dr. Nordick, Lucy's new husband. Good evening, Mr. Mayor. Lucy has told me all about you. You'll forgive me if I fail to show enthusiasm. Ordinarily, an old friend of Lucy's would be welcome. What disturbs me, I'm afraid, is the reason you've come. That would make you pretty perceptive, Dr. Nordick. I'm not sure of the reason myself. It's clear enough. You are here because of Lucy's ridiculous superstitions. I'm here because she seems to be afraid of something. Let us state the case correctly. Because she imagines she is afraid of something. She thinks there is some sort of apparition, some sort of evil presence in this house. She may have reason to think it. Allow me to correct you. There is nothing that has not been explained, or at some future time will not be explained. I do not expect you to agree. But Lucy is my wife, Mr. Mayor. I will not have my wife in the grip of savage superstitions. I see. And now, since I have some difficult research tomorrow, if you'll excuse me, I will take some sleep. Good night, Mr. Mayor. Good night, Dr. Narvik. Maybe we'll both see things differently in the morning. I awoke in a cold sweat. I knew something was in the room. It was a medium-sized room with a bed and bureau. An ordinary guest room Lucy had given me. The window was open, but there was cloud cover. And it was pitch black. I could see nothing. There was no lamp, but I had left my lighter on the bedside table. If I could just make a little light, I'd feel better. I reached for the lighter. <gasps> and something put the lighter in my hand. No, no, this is plenty. Go on with your story. Well, I suppose this is a good chance to tell it. You see, Jerry, I really did love Richard when I married him. I looked up to him, admired his brilliant mind. He is brilliant, you know. Has a worldwide reputation as a physicist. Mm Mm-hmm. Go on. Well, Dick bought this old house because it was near the university. And because it was a bargain. You see, it's, it's supposed to be haunted. And do you really think it is? Jerry, you know why I really called you. Don't you? Because you needed help. A special kind of help. You were an ordained minister. Isn't there a, a technique for for ghosts? Isn't there some sort of ritual? <laughs> you mean exorcism? <laughs> yes, uh, there is such a thing. I've looked into it. Ceremony dates from medieval times. Bell, book, and candle. But uh, it should be used only in extreme cases. <laughs> That day, I examined the old house from top to bottom. I found nothing unusual. In the afternoon, Lucy called to say she'd be delayed at a faculty wives' dinner. Dr. Narvik was still at the university. As darkness fell, I found myself once more alone. I went to the big living room, opened a book, and sat in a Victorian chair. I suppose I had read a chapter or two when it happened. Once more, I was aware of something, some evil presence in the room. This time it was more than simply a feeling of evil. This time I heard something. It was a human voice. But what kind of human? Couldn't say. I rose and began to look all around the room. I looked in every corner. The walls, the ceiling, all the doors and windows. There was a small closet in one corner of the room. I stepped there and opened the closet door. A human skull stared out of me. From its grinning mouth came the horrible sound of someone in pain. Well, what happened to you, Mr. Mayor? Don't tell me my wife has also got you believing in ghosts. Dr. Novick, there is something very strange going on in this house of yours. Really? I'm afraid there's nothing I find strange. Uh, Would you care for a drink, Mr. Mayor? Not now, thank you. Then you don't mind if I have one? No. I think we'd better have a talk. Huh? 
That's exactly what we're doing, is it not? Dr. Norvig, there's a small closet here beside me. Have you looked into it recently? No, I, I don't think so. Why? Suppose you look into it now. Very well, if you wish. Well? Well, what? What do you see there? Just an old skull. Just an old skull? And do you have one in every closet? My dear Mr. Mayor, it is a skull I got from the medical department when I was doing research on radioactive carbon in bone matter. Dr. Norvik, that skull moaned. Now, don't look at me like that. I heard it moan. Before it did, there was a presence in this room. Something evil. Yes. No doubt you felt something. But it will have an explanation. Perhaps something as simple as indigestion, eh? What have you been eating? Nothing unusual. Chester gave me a glass of brandy when I came in out of the rain. That's all. Brandy, eh? Well, there, there could have been something in it. Yeah, let us look at the bottle. Huh? That's strange. I was sure I had a bottle of brandy here. It was here last night. Uh, no matter, we'll find it. Perhaps Chester took it with him to the tower. Oh, in that case, I think I'd better have a talk with Chester. Mr. Mayor, please. I do not like to be an ungracious host, but I'm afraid I will have to forbid that. Why? Chester is doing important research in the tower. I do not want him disturbed. And uh, speaking of research, I have my own work to do. You will excuse me, eh? I have nothing against you personally, Mr. Mayor. But there is one thing you must understand. Yes? There is nothing I will not do to change Lucy to my way of thinking. Good night, Mr. Mayor. Sleep well, if you can. Two of The Edge of Evil will be heard in a moment. To save your life, you can't beat a seatbelt and careful, courteous driving. The National Safety Council says strong seatbelts, properly installed, are friends for life on today's hectic highways. Now, Act Two of The Edge of Evil. Dr. Richard Narvik were a poor host, I'm afraid I was a poor guest. I couldn't quite obey his wishes to stay away from the tower. That night, when everyone was asleep, I slipped from my room and went outside. It was only a short walk across the lawn to the tower, and by now the cloud cover had cleared and there was faint moonlight. There was a large wooden door at the bottom of the tower. When I tried this, it opened. I was at the foot of a ladder. There was nothing but blackness above. Suddenly, as I stood there with my eyes straining at the darkness, I began to hear voices somewhere above. It sounded as though two men were arguing. I did my best to listen, but it was impossible to make out all the words. No one else will have you. You admit it. Now let us have a stop to the foolishness. Then, above me, a trapdoor opened. and A shaft of light came down into the tower. Now I could begin to hear the voices clearly. I warn you. Do not get any push! Chester, don't come any nearer! Chester! No, Chester, get back! Get back, you fool! I rushed up the ladder as fast as I could. The trap door opened into a room. Chester! No! <clears throat> I think that'll take care of him for a few moments, Dr. Nordic. You have a very strong punch for a minister, Mr. Mayor. Well, I suppose I must thank you for saving me. But I seem to remember telling you not to come here to the tower. Some sort of electrical equipment. Now, look here, Dr. Novick. I think it's time you explained a few things, and explained them honestly. Wait. Chester is coming around. Oh, here, Chester. I'll give you a hand. Come on. Get up. You... You hit me. Yes, I did. And I think it kept you from murdering Dr. Novick. Yes. Yes, that's true. I'm sorry. I knew what I was doing, but I couldn't help myself. Why would you want to kill Dr. Novick, Chester? Chester... Do not answer that question. What are you hiding, Novick? It's none of your concern. Just to think what happens to you if you do not have me. Uh, I... I... All right. I will say nothing. That's better, Chester. Dr. Novick, if you don't want Chester to say anything, I'm forced to ask you to make the necessary explanations. If your superstitious notions are beginning to bother you, Mr. Mayor, I have only one suggestion. Which is? 
that you leave this house in the morning, you are no longer a welcome guest. When I reached the house again, I headed for my room. Then I noticed a light in the living room, shining through the cracks of the door. I started toward the living room, casually enough. Suddenly. Lucy! Lucy, are you all right? Here, I'll help you up on the floor. It's all right, Lucy. You're all right now. Take it easy. Here, here's some water. There. That better? Jerry, what, what happened? I heard you scream and rushed in. I found you lying here on the floor. Oh, Jerry, it was horrible. I don't know what it was. The room was pressing in on me and the air was filled with something black and evil. Oh, Jerry. Lucy. Lucy, stop it. Lucy. Oh, I'm all right. I'm sorry, Jerry. I just, I just don't know if I can stand it any longer. And I don't know if I can either. Lucy. I know it's late at night, but certain things have to be said. I'm going to say them right now. Your sanity won't hold up under this. But what can I do? You'll have to leave this house, Lucy. Leave? Where will I go? I I, I don't know. Have you any friends in town? No, I, I suppose I could find a place to stay, but, but it seems like running away. And in spite of the way Richard feels, it isn't really fair to him. There's an alternative, then. Convince your husband that you both have to move. Let him sell the house. Yes, sell the house. That's very clever, Mr. Mayor. You know very well, of course, I would never, never sell this house. I'm afraid I don't see anything logical in keeping Lucy in this house. Not if you love her. Uh, but you're mistaken, Mr. Mayor. Every act of mine has been the most logical possible behavior. And now, I'm going to prove it to you. To both of you. Richard, I don't understand. You will, in a moment. Uh, care to have a drink with me, Mr. Mayor? No, Lucy? I don't thank you. Very well. I'll have one for myself, if you'll excuse me. You see, Mr. Mayor, I am a scientist. Throughout history, scientists have been destroyed by superstition. I find it unbearable that my own wife should be superstitious. I decided to prove to Lucy once and for all that what we call mysteries, spiritual matters, may invariably be explained in terms of the real and physical world. I'll be interested in that proof, too. Of course, Mr. Mayor. Incontrovertible proof. Scientific proof. You are familiar with scientific method? I know it well enough. It has its uses, and at times, its dangers. We shall see. I wonder if both of you will return to the tower with me. If you wish. Richard, do we have to go out there? The tower, it frightens me. I think this time, my dear, you'll find that the tower will merely educate you. Come. Upstairs. That's strange. Chester always works at this hour. Wait a minute. Look, up there. A trapdoor is opening. There is a light. Yes. A small one. From a candle. Why would he be using a candle? Richard, shouldn't we go back to the house? Be quiet, Lucy. Chester! Are you up there, Chester? Yes! I am up here, Dr. Narvik! Don't come any further! Chester, what kind of nonsense is this? I'm not going to live this way any longer! I have left a letter! It tells everything! Chester, what are you talking about? Look out, Dr. Novick! I'm coming down! No, Chester, don't stop! Chester, wait! I've made up my mind! No, Chester! Ah! Oh, God. Very well, Lucy. Mr. Mayor, you've read Chester's suicide note. Now you know the whole story. We'll go back to the house. Call the police. But first, I want you both to have a good look at the laboratory here on top of the tower. It is part of what I wish to explain. Let me get everything straight now, Dr. Narvik. You kept Chester here because of his brilliant theories, and you passed them off as your own? Take a good look at this laboratory before we return to the house. I cannot expect you to understand this equipment. But to oversimplify, these are oscillators that generate supersonic waves. These are parabolic reflectors that send them into the house. They can be focused on any room. And now if you'll come back to the house, I'll explain further. 
Richard, please, let's get out of here. Very well, we shall go back. And I think, Lucy, when you hear what I have to say... Yes? You'll perhaps come to your senses. All right, we're here, Dr. Nodick, and we're waiting for your great revelation, whatever it is. I said it would prove to you that all so-called mysteries have a physical cause. Supersonic waves, as you perhaps know, are merely sound vibrations far beyond the range of the human ear. But when you are caught in a certain pattern of directed waves, you cannot hear them. But you are filled with nameless terror. Yes, Lucy, with a feeling of evil pressing in upon you, overwhelming you. Then you made me feel that way. You ended this horrible equipment of yours. For a reason, Lucy. To prove to you that all your beliefs about spirits, about mysteries... Yes, about even the gods you worship were merely superstition. Novick, what did you hope to gain by this? I hoped merely that Lucy would come to her senses. The same applies to you, Mr. Mayor. It was not difficult to place a lighter in your hand... or to use a speaker to make that skull moan. Wait a minute. What's that? What's what? That sound. Or is it a sound? I think I feel it, too. It's more like, more like a strange force coming into the room. Impossible. Just the same... I feel something. It's the same as before. That feeling of evil. Not quite the same. Seems different this time. Wait. I can hear something, too. I'm surprised you admit it, Dr. Narvik. Be calm now. This can be explained. But it is a strange feeling. What is it? You're asking us, Dr. Narvik? You're the scientific expert. Why don't you tell us? Jerry! Yes, Lucy? It is different this time. It's evil, Jerry. It's almost pure evil. Look lights getting dim. Everybody be calm now. I'm sure this can be explained. <laughs> what was that? Don't you know, Dr. Narvik? It's pressing in on us. Whatever it is, it wants to kill us. Impossible. Lucy's right. I can sense it. It wants to kill us. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> created something in spite of yourself, Nordic? An apparition? A ghost? No. There are no ghosts. Ghosts do not exist. But this exists, whatever it is. It not only exists, but it's here to kill us. Quick, let's get out of here. Let's. Wait. I, I can't move. What do you mean? Something holding me here. Some force. I cannot move. Nonsense. Here, let me help you. <laughs> Jerry, what's the trouble? I don't know. There is some force holding you. <laughs> It's too much for me. Help me, please. Don't, don't let me die. Lucy, I don't know what's happened here, but there's only one thing left to do. Is there a Bible here? A Bible? What for? Lucy, please don't ask questions. Get a Bible if you can. But there's one in the bookcase. I'll get it. And a bell, Lucy. Where's the Bible? Jerry, what on the earth are you doing? The book, the bell, now the candle. Yes. Just a candle. But you use for exorcism. That's right, exorcism. The ancient ceremony to drive away an evil spirit. But Richard just explained it was his machinery in the tower. Maybe, but maybe something else has happened now. Please, please, Mr. Mayor, help me. Whatever you do, please do it quickly. This evil thing pressing in. I cannot breathe. Stand back, Lucy. First, light the candle. Now, the bell. Bell, book, and candle. There's an old form to this from the Middle Ages. Not many know it. I can remember the words. Help me. Please help me. From the apocryphal. Jerry, hurry, please. But the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and there shall not torment touch them. In the sight of the unwise, they seem to die, and their departure is taken from misery, and they're going from us to be utter destruction. But they are in peace, for though they be punished in the sight of men, yet is their hope it's, full it's of immortality. Evil present. I think it's leaving now. Yes, it's leaving us. You're, you're right, Lucy. It's fading. The lights are getting brighter. Oh, Jerry, are you all right? I think so. It took all my strength. Jerry, look. Novick. Novick, what is it? Look at his face, Jerry. Novick, the look of death. It's gone to him. Whatever it was, it got to him. Novick. <laughs> No, Richard. Easy, Lucy. Is he? Is he? No pulse. Oh, no. First, Chester, oh. now your husband. There's death in this house, Lucy. He killed himself with that horrible equipment of his. It wasn't the equipment, Lucy. What 
do you mean? I looked at that equipment before we left the tower. Carefully. Jerry, what are you trying to say? All the wires were cut, slashed, all the connections. Chester must have done it in a rage before he committed suicide. Jerry, are you sure? I give you my word, Lucy. Whatever killed Richard was not physical. Then, then, what was it? Give it any name you want. A thing, a force. The evil he himself had created. Call it Chester's ghost, if you will. <laughs> Jerry, it's still here! Strange, I thought I'd driven him away. Chester, are you still here, Chester? He'll be the ghost in this house now. Until eternity. <laughs> you have just heard Macabre. A special Far East Network presentation. Tonight's story, The Edge of Evil, featured John Buey as Dr. Narvik, Mitzi Hennessy as Lucy, Milton Radmilovich as Chester, and William Verdier as Jerry. Technical supervision by Hiroshi Ono, with sound patterns by Airman First Class James Connolly. Tonight's Macabre was written and directed by Walt Sheldon. Macabre comes to you each week at this time through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Until next time. Oh!